Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Hi, this is Betsy Wiersma, and you're listening to Boost Power Podcast. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and you're going to make a good one of it because you get to meet Edie Marks. I go way back with Edie. Matter of fact, the home that we're sitting in today for this interview, she sold to us 20 years ago, and uh, that's just the start of something big. So Edie, welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Well, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I, I love to tell the back God story of things because I think that's one of the things I want people to know in the earth. And I have seen Edie, waved at Edie, told Edie, threatened to bring her over for dinner for the last couple of years. And finally, I heard something on a radio program and I saw her in her garden and I ran up to her and commented about some uh, some thoughts about freedom and liberty in America that we share and from that have been so blessed to reconnect with her and some fun projects. And uh, the moral to the story is attack people in their gardens. <laughs> Whenever you can find them. <laughs> yes. Yes. And the funny part of that story is she's like, what are you doing at four o'clock? Come to my house. And I said, well, um, I'm having a facial. Uh, my hair needs colored. I don't have any makeup on. She's like, come on over. <laughs> so <laughs> Edie got Betsy in the raw. I Betsy in the it. raw. Well, uh, on Boost, Edie, we love to tell you the story of interesting people from all over the world. And you are one of the most interesting and um, successful on so many levels, um, personally, professionally, and your heart is bigger than the state of Colorado, Aww. possibly bigger than the entire Western region. <laughs> so um, I want to talk a little bit about growing up Edie, right? And just as you look back and as you're sharing with these women listening, what what did you see as a kid or what, what kind of got you um, excited to be this incredible leader in real estate, selling billion dollar homes and, but really serving families to have the right fit, you know, for their life. It's interesting because my grandmother was probably my biggest role model. I can remember being on the stage of multiple sclerosis and picking the number out of the hat for the winning number. I can remember the article they wrote on her for the, I was going to say Denver Post, it was New York Post at that time, because I grew up in Brooklyn, and she was a nurse. She was a volunteer nurse, and she had every award you can have. The picture on the front page of the Post had her with one after another of these amulets coming down the front of her blouse because she had been given so much award because of her involvement during the war, World War II. So I had an incredible role model in that and um, went to Brooklyn College and uh, got involved in the college based on going through an orientation where they said, well, we're a commuter school and you can go to school, you can get your grades, you can go home and that'll be your college experience or you can get involved in everything that you could get involved in. And I did. I did. I was in every organization from the psychology club to sing to the orientation for the school to um, the honorary societies. Of and, course you and, were. And I worked for American Friends. We started the chapter of, um, well, it, it was such an amazing time 
that the NAACP was beginning in the school, and I work with the NAACP, so got involved in everything. Yes. And my field was psychology, but I went into teaching. The school that I went into as a special service school, the kids had been thrown out of other schools for behavioral problems. Oh, wow. And they were sent to our special service school. It was the first year it was open. And um, my background wasn't teaching, but I very quickly decided that when everybody else was screaming, if I wanted them to listen to me, that I would be very quiet. So when the room was going crazy, I'd stand in the front of the room, and those kids that were doing what they were supposed to, that were sitting with their hands clasped, I pointed them out, never screamed, never screamed above them. So if they wanted to hear what I was saying, they had to shut up. Nice, the whisper. Yeah, the whisper. You were the child whisperer. I was the child whisperer, and I always had rewards at the end of the week. They realized that I had a special talent, so they put me in charge of the lunchroom, which was total chaos. Oh, I bet. I bet the lunchroom was even worse than the classroom. the, The worst. Kids would actually take bottles and break them and go after each other. I mean, it was the wild and woolly west in the middle of Brooklyn. It was in the Bedford-Stuyvesant section of Brooklyn. So I stood on my desk. I stood, they, they had a desk that basically as the kids went in, they came in in two rows, and I spoke to each and every kid. And when they finished their food, they would come and show me that they finished, and I would congratulate them. And they never had positive reinforcement. Right. And um, I was fortunate enough at the time, Sammy Davis Jr. was doing all of his shows in Brooklyn. And as a black entertainer, he was an incredible role model for these kids. And I would take the kids on the weekend, usually three, max four, and um, we would watch the rehearsal. We would watch Sammy being in charge. We would watch all of his black staff. And they, they had amazing role models. As a matter of fact, I had the good fortune of picking Judy Garland off the floor of the bathroom. She was drunk. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You heard it here. A Judy Garland backstory. (laughs) Yeah? Yes. We saw all of the stories. And when I had my first babies, all the kids came to my house. Oh. I wish I knew where each and every one of them was. But I know I made a difference in their lives. And I think that theme of making a difference uh, for all you listeners, you know, is is something that I would describe from knowing you, not only knowing you personally, but knowing your community work now. So how did a nice girl like you in Brooklyn ever find the fantastic Mort, move to Colorado, (laughs) create all these darling children, grandchildren? Like what got you out of Brooklyn? It was a pretty crazy time, and I think the thing that made the decision more than anything else was a night we went to the theater, and people were across the street throwing bottles at us. And we said, this is not the place we want to raise our children. Mm -hmm. And we looked around, did research. Uh, We like the weather here. We like the educational values of Colorado. It's one of the highly educated states in the country. And so we picked it, and only my luck ended up in the area that we're in because the MLS, the Multiple Listing Service, had just come out. 
and we would have ended up on the other end of town. And I looked through the book and saw this area, which was southeast, and started reading the ads in the paper and the all of the ads were featuring Cherry Creek School District. Mm-hmm. So I said, this is where we need to be. And So you met Mort back in New York? Yes, back in New York, married, had the kids, but the kids were babies when they came out here. Right. And, and how many kids do you have? I have two daughters. Mm-hmm. I have four grandchildren. Right. And they are the light of my life, as it, as every grandparent. Yes. As as I don't know if I will know, because if you do the math, I'm 61, Sarah's 20, okay, and in college, let's see, 71, 30, maybe, 81, <laughs> 40, I don't know, but I might have to borrow other people's grandchildren, but that is absolutely <laughs> fine. We will just see what God has in store for that. Uh, so what kind of business was Morton? Did you come out here thinking you were going to stay in teaching or what was he What in? happened is Mort was in investing in our own account and he was in commodities. And we were here one full year when we lost every penny we had. Wow. In the commodities market. Yeah. He had bet that the price of wheat was going to grow up and, and it went down and we lost everything. Mort turned around to me and said, why don't you go into real estate if you could just make the $360 a month house payment? That would be a big help as we regroup. Did you hear that? $360 a month house payment. Absolutely. <laughs> that and would be a gas payment right now, $360 a month for two tanks of your gas this month. But I digress. Okay, yes. That's so true. So you were So was, in my first year I sold almost three million dollars of residential real estate. Of course you did. Which was unheard of at that time. And it was successful because I take care of people. Right. I'm a listener. I care about people. I will never sell anybody something that I don't think is good for them. Mm-hmm. And you tell people, you know, you you're an advisor. And you're a friend. Yeah, a trusted advisor. A trusted advisor Mm -hmm. and a friend. And the people that I've worked with over a 45-year history of my real estate are all my friends. I mean, there isn't a person that I can't go back to for a referral who hasn't had a good experience who, when they need advice, won't call me. And it also gave me the ability to get involved in the things that were important to me. So following up for my grandmother's role, she was my role model, I got involved in, well, I lost my mother and my sister to cancer. Oh, that's why you have your passion for And that's cancer. why I got involved in Cancer League of Colorado. It's 100% volunteer, no offices, no paid staff. And we, on this last event we just did, where I chaired the committee, we raised $1.1 million dollars. Whoa, whoa. Well, we're going to take a quick break because we have to, not because we want to. And on $1.1 million raised for the Cancer League of Colorado, we will be right back. You're listening to Boost Power Podcast. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Wiersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. 
And we're back. And I know you're like, yes, you want to ask Edie to be your committee chairman. I get it. I hear that. She is already very well orchestrated here in Denver, Colorado with her many, many passions. So the Cancer League is one that you've been involved with for a long time. Yes, yes. I was president in 1995, and I've stayed involved and on the board. Um, Mort was a World War II veteran, and um, I've been very involved with a group called TAPS, Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. So when a family loses a husband, a wife, or even suicide, not necessarily in uh, in the field of battle. Um, this is a group that runs a, gr- a grief camp. Oh. And we help the people we put together. As a matter of fact, that's where I would have been now if I wasn't here. They're running the grief camp. And they pair um, soldiers who are alive with maybe a family that's lost a dad. Um, they give them all the strength that they can. And it's an amazing organization. And I'll be doing their auction on September 10th. Awesome. So, also, so, and so you, you've been involved with that many, many years. Many, many years yes. with that. And then Global Down Syndrome. One of my very close friends has a daughter who has Down Syndrome. And she is one of the most brilliant women I've ever known in my life. Her name is Michelle C. Witten. Her family founded Stars Entertainment, and the woman is a genius on putting people together, on raising money, on raising awareness, on fighting with the with the, the state to get money because right. it was one of the least funded organizations in the United States in, char- in so far as charities. Wow, I did not know that. And Michelle has been in front of the legislature in Washington. Uh, she is one of the hardest working people I know. And her father now has, a, a, he's got Alzheimer's. Her mother is fighting cancer. Oh, goodness. They brought in the top doctors in both areas. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they have found out, they're doing a genome project. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they found out is that children who have Alzheimer's, not Alzheimer's, children who have Down syndrome, right. mm-hmm. Um, will get Alzheimer's by the age of 45. They also do not get hard tumors in terms of cancer. And this organization is putting all of that research together right here in Colorado. We do a major event in November, and I'm a part of that. I'm on their committee. And then I work with the um, Volunteers of America, and Volunteers of America takes care of people in every status of their life, old, young, housing, food, um, taking kids. We have a camp that they do where the police are actually the counselors, and the kids don't know because they have been so turned against police. Right. They don't know that the policemen are and women yeah. are their counselors until the end of the camp. And on the day of the graduation, they all come in in uniform, and the kids go wacko. <laughs> wow, that's such a fun a fun twist. Well, so with all this volunteerism, what would you tell people listening are the fruits of that? Because, you know, many, many people are thinking like, how many humans are, do you have in this podcast, Betsy? Do you have like six <laughs> lives of a person? How can one person make such an impact? So, so think about 
talking to others that are thinking about putting their toe in the water with volunteering, what would you tell them would be some steps to find the right place to, to give their heart and their, you know, their time treasure and resources? Uh, how, you know, you've got a lot of things you're passionate about, but some people might be thinking, I'm going to try one. I'm going to start with one Absolutely. thing. First of all, giving is the most selfish thing I do because it gives me such joy and satisfaction. So you have to find something that's important to you, something that's touched your life as cancer did or, or having a tough time in your life, which I did, which was so important to, to have something that I could give back to. Um, you need to find something that you care about. And I tell people, especially in real estate, you see people who get into organizations because they think they're going to pick up customers and clients. So they show up at the event with their name tags on, showing they're in real estate. It's usually a dead giveaway that they're not there for the right reason. Correct. So, I've noticed that. And even in networking, I noticed that the best thing is giving, showing up to give, right? not showing up to get. And I always say, I can help, you know, make a difference for three people today in this room. And it always, I always get to meet somebody wonderful, but I do see the people that are a little bit more marketing, you know, how many cards can I give out? And I think, absolutely, oh, goodness, you know, where do those cards go? <laughs> That's a very big turnoff to me. Mm-hmm. And, and when I talk to realtors, I say, do something that's meaningful to you that gives back to the community because you'll get it back a thousand times over. And have you been with Kentwood the whole time? Well, I started out with a small company named Dawson and Company. Okay. And I worked with him for 13 years, and I was always their top salesperson. Of course. And then John sold the company to a larger company, to Colwell Banker. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a fit for me. When I went to Kentwood, it was because I had like-minded people. And today... Kentwood has charitable organizations. Well, it has Gretchen as the CEO, who's our very good friend, Gretchen Rosenberg. We love her. Yes. And I got to go to her office over here in the DTC, and she has that view that I want. She had the whole Rockies out of her window. She's like, yeah, we're closing this office if you want to rent it. Ah. Like, oh, that'd be a lot of money just to sit here and look at this view. (laughs) And now that I know that in the western part, when the sun goes down, it's not so pleasant because I got that. I've got a you. good shade. Well, you got, got a good you've shade. got a CEO that's a woman that I know yes. very, very well and is yes. fabulous and fantastic. And is very much into charitable giving and yes. being an important part of the community. Yes. It's very well respected by the organization. And that's important to me, to have like-minded people. Yes. Well, so what do you do for fun? Because now people are like, she's a realtor, she's selling houses, you know, and I don't know, I kind of mix life and fun. I don't have a line that's called this is fun and then this is work. It all kind of melts together. But if if you just have an afternoon, what's your favorite thing to do to relax or to find a little Edie? Well, I might sit down and read a book, like the book that you put together. I just gave her the stew, so now she's going to get to read Smart Talk, (laughs) Exceptional Women. I think you'll really relate to that. And I am very much into the community and uh, more political than most people. So I'm finding myself spending a great deal of time helping people who are like-minded Um, There are things that I object to in today's world, CRT, and I'll I'll give you an example. 
as a teacher in Bedford-Stuyvesant, a blonde lady, white, teaching, walking down the hall with a black student, the kids would come over and say, is she your mother? Today, they don't want, they, they didn't see color. Right. And the push now is to see color and to divide people more than unite them. And that is such a turnoff to me that I made it part of my life to make sure that doesn't happen. I think it's moving so far backwards because as, as a young girl, I watched the integration of schools. I joined the NAACP. Um, so I spend a good deal of my time on helping people politically who agree with me and whose campaigns I want to work on. I, I make a difference in terms of that. Um, another thing, I lost my husband more two years ago. And one of the things, we had a wonderful life. We didn't do a lot of traveling because I worked seven days a week. Right. But one of the things we did do is eat out a lot and see the people that we cared about. Um, and so when I lost him, that part of my life just went away. And so many of my friends have lost husbands. I get a group together every Friday, usually about six women, all who have lost husbands, all who are very active in their lives and enjoying their lives. I'm approaching 80. I'll be 80 at September 14th. Amen. And I am enjoying every minute of my life. And when we go to Shanahan's, which is a local restaurant, um, it's like our clubhouse. Uh, you walk through the restaurant from the waiters to the serving boys and girls to everyone in the place. You, you're you stopping at tables. It's, it's anti-mame. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cheers bar meets anti-mame. Absolutely. Meets the Golden Girls. Absolutely. Right. And, and we share philosophy. Uh, you know, we'll go to a movie from time to time. We just went and saw the Elvis movie. Yeah. Um, but I keep myself busy and I do as much as I can. I have a granddaughter who is now the softball um, pitcher in Maine, oh, wow. at the University of Maine. And, nice. uh, and is kids, your daughter in real estate? Don't you have a daughter both, that's... Both girls both have their are, licenses. Okay, yeah. And they're going to do more now that their kids are all Growing alone. Up, yeah. 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 But I had a very supportive husband as well. You know, Mort um, was 18 years older than I am. And uh, if I had to be working and I called and said, give the kids dinner, yeah. he gave the kids dinner. Mm -hmm. And we were never in competition. I always had the support. And that allowed me to be me. Yeah. And I, I, I really, uh, I honor Mort, who I knew, yes. and um, my husband, Doug, who is the same, that he knew the package he got when he married me and he has a partner, not a servant. Right. And he gets that And 22. Amen. Knock on table later. Uh, 22 years later, we're just as best friends as we always were and are having fun figuring it out the next. Some days it. harder than others. Some days <laughs> international intrigue with our daughter Aww. in Milan. Um, but we love each other and like each other. And, and, and it's obvious. And I think that's what's so fun. Yes, it's obvious. And it enriches your life. And uh, there's nothing you can overcome when you have that basic respect for each other. Right. And enjoy that adventure together. Well, I want to um, 
talk about one more thing before we end because we could go on forever. <laughs> and I'm just honoring Edie by not taking the entire podcast and listing all the awards, all the honors, all the accolades. I it would just take the entire time. Uh, Edie Marks, Colorado, and you can Google and spend an evening on her <laughs> rewards. But you and I have a passion in common with the bee. And um, where I've been super attracted to bees and not only taking care of bees to take care of our planet. So I plant flowers that are bee friendly and happy for them. Um, but I've been really curious about pollinating ideas. And I really feel that God uses me a lot to be a catalyst like you to bring people together for common good, to have fun. We call it do good and have fun, to raise our money, to support things we care about, you know, and to give everybody a space to bloom and grow. And so I've been on this bee kick and uh, Edie the other day gave me one of her bee pins, which (laughs) I wear when I don't have on quite the most casual outfit that I have on today. Um, But tell everybody why you're passionate about bees and why you wear a bee every day. Well, if you know the story of a bee, because of its size and shape, aerodynamically, a bee should not be able to fly. Its body is too big and its wings are too small but it overcomes the limitations and and it flies. And when I taught in Bedford-Stuyvesant section of Brooklyn, I explained to the kids that there's nothing you can't do or accomplish. You can't be held back by anything in your life because if the bee can do it, you can do it too. See, there you go. And that's just another reason I'm kind of crazy about bees and I was thinking about getting a bee tattoo. I know. Don't tell my (laughs) husband. And it's just like this crazy 60s thing to do that I would never do. But I was thinking if I got a tattoo, I think it would be a bee. And then (laughs) I ran into Edie and she's skipping the tattoo part and just got a lot of good pins. So that (laughs) might be a sign actually for me. Um, Edie, you are. And if you do it, put it in an unobtrusive place. Oh, of course. Because I was out with a friend last night who did a flower and yeah. I, I said she didn't ask my permission. Yeah. And <laughs> so I would, I would not, the funniest part is I'm not a tattoo person. I don't even, but I'm kind of fascinated, I think, by the rebelness of, well, what if you change your mind on things in your 60s, 70s and 80s and you do something differently? You know, what if you got a tattoo? <laughs> what what would you put? You know, maybe I should just go to the art room and make a lot of bee art and, and be happy with that. I joked about it with my husband and he looked at me like I was an alien. Uh, but there's fake bee tattoos that my friends and I are playing with. So That's see, fun. I can wear one for 10 days, Absolutely. get a little bee, not Absolutely. have to worry about the pin. Get a little. My daughter Elise on. has one on her ankle. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I'm kind of fascinated by it, but that was I digress. Uh, Edie, you're a joy. Thank you for being my friend and my neighbor. I look forward to some great adventures in freedom and liberty with you. Wonderful. Uh, and being a catalyst to that. And if people are trying to find you, could you just say your email out loud? Because some people just might want to find you. Maybe they're looking for a gorgeous home in Colorado. Uh- uh, and they can find you. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, I've got two. One that's easier to remember is G-O-P-M-O-R-T at AOL.com, which was my husband Mort's, and he ran Reagan's campaign in 84. And then another one is Edie Marks at DenverRealEstate.com. And Edie is E-D-I-E. M-A-R-K-S at denverrealestate.com. There you go. 
So if you're just enthralled like me, super fan like me, uh, you can send ED an email, a connection email. And she says yes to life and liberty and happiness. Uh, you've been listening to Boost Power Podcast. And as you can see, today is the first day of the rest of your life. So you have the power. You have the power to think differently. You have the power to open up opportunity. Uh, maybe you're inspired this by this story to either be like the bee and never be defeated and to change your mind about something, to open up possibility, to help a child, to help a cause, whatever it is, uh, the inspiration of ED Marks can get you started. Please subscribe to Boost Power Podcast on your favorite platform. Give us a positive feedback recognition. Share us with your other friends that like to be uplifted and inspired. I am your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging in stories from the journey of life and business. Our music is by award-winning singer-songwriter Megan Burt, and we're produced at the Cinder Sound Studios in Colorado. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, people committed to podcasts on purpose that are designed to uplift and inspire. Please subscribe to Boost on your favorite podcast platform and tell your friends to join us. Learn more, BetsyWearsma.com.